0: I'm going to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and I'm going to use it as an introductory verse and there are about seven verses I'm going to use primarily here out of Ecclesiastes that bring to us a very very important helpful and hopeful revelation I think that'll be a blessing to us Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 24 Ecclesiastes 2 and 24 Ecclesiastes 2 and 24 notice there is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink. Come on, folks. Some <laughs> of you foodies. Hey, Amen. I like that. And that's that's in the Bible. I receive that. Nothing better Solomon said for a man, and of course we know it's all inclusive, women, all of us, humanity, there's nothing better for us than that he should eat and drink And notice that he should make his soul enjoy good. That he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Nothing better, he said, than to eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good good. Of his labor the work that I put my hand to he said there's nothing better than that I I could enjoy a good old-fashioned meal oh thank God we could just say amen musicians come and let's let's go let's just amen and he said that his soul enjoyed good in his labor this I saw that it was from the hand of God for who can eat or who else can hasten hereunto more than I he said it was from the hand of God, the hand of God. Now, can we pray? Let's just pray. Let's pray the Lord to bless this message. Jesus, bless this message, Jesus, to our hearts. I pray Holy Ghost. I pray anointing, unction, blessing, communication. Lord, you give us the word of God. It's the bread of life. We break it open today. Thank you for the saints of God, the people of God. Every person under the sound of my voice, please, Lord, help us to make sense. Help it to be good. Help it to be great. In Jesus' name we pray amen he said make his soul enjoy good this was the hand of God Wow this was the hand of God we think about miracles signs and wonders that's the hand of God Solomon who preceding these chapters we've read about his massive depression and I'm reading I'm reading Solomon's writing and saying this guy needs therapy he, he needs a counselor. He needs $200 an hour. He probably had access to all that. Maybe he, he went to... It's funny they call him a shrink. I don't know exactly what that means. I'm not saying there isn't value to counseling. There's value, but shrink, I don't know. You know, it's like a doctor. They call their... They call a doctor. They call it their practice. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want you practicing on me you got some guinea pigs you can work on. So Solomon is, is just, he's messed up. He's messed up. He's messed up. He's depressed. He's despondent. He's in despair. He's, I mean, I'm going to read between the lines, maybe suicidal. Maybe when you get to that point, when you get to the bottom of life and you're just like, What is the point? What's it all about? You gotta be kidding me. I've I've done it all. I've owned it all. I'm he's the king of Israel. He's the most powerful man on planet earth. He's got stuff. He's got accumulations. He's got he's got bass boats. That's conjecture on my part. He's got, I mean, he's got, you know what I mean? He's got fish houses, Corey. He's got he's got he's got 20 fish houses. He's got Taj Mahal for a house and and He's got stuff, and, and not only that, he's intellectually, he's not brain dead. This is a smart man. He's got education. He's got intellect. He's got philosophical ideas. He's deep. He's strong. He's, he's all of this, and yet he's depressed. He's in despair. I, I almost, that first message, I'm like, I almost wanted to leave, I'm like, God, I got to preach this message, but I, I, I want I to want quit. Can I quit early? But that's, I was depressing myself. Imagine Solomon. He, he is absolutely depressed. He's just out of his mind depressed. And uh, he's trying to get it all figured out. And then, 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 then the end of chapter two, we, we come to this thing. He says, there's nothing better for a man. Then he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. He said, he said that his soul would enjoy. Can you say that, let, let it be, can you say that word, but let it come out like it's like, like, it's like uh, sweet, like, like sugar off your lips. Enjoy. Brad, enjoy. Enjoy. That you can enjoy. <laughs> enjoy Paul enjoy just just be happy why are so many christian people crabby i love jesus he'll save your soul from hell come to my church we get these worship ugly faces. Can I, I, need, I need a mirror. I want to know how bad it looks. Is it bad? Help me out. We have scorecards over here. Nine. <laughs> Just, it's like... And I get it. I mean, there's a, place, there, okay, there's a place for burden, but it's not every day for the rest of your everlasting, loving life. Right. That's right. That's right. I love Jesus. It's like, man, give me a break. Give yourself a break. Give us all a break. Give us a break. I'll give you a break. Let's just give each other a break. What's he saying here? He's like, that to make his soul enjoy good in his labor, that he should eat and drink. I'm gonna have so much fun with this message. It's gonna be the funnest message I've ever preached in my entire life. So it's like, take a break, okay, take a, take a, okay, everybody, can we take a collective breath this morning? Okay, relax, Dawn, relax. Are you paying attention, Dawn? Okay, you stay in that seat right there, I'm watching you, just. Dawn sometimes migrates. All right. Okay, take a breath. Are You, ready? I'm a, I, you know what I'm going to preach this morning? Here's what I'm going to preach this morning. I'm going to preach what I don't preach enough of. I'm going to preach joy. Yes. Amen. I'm going to preach joy. And I'm not preaching joy because I chose to preach joy. I'm preaching joy this morning because Solomon taught me that I need to preach joy. Solomon is teaching me that I've I've got to talk about this thing under the heaven called life and that there are far too many people that are not enjoying this thing called life. This short little brief journey that we're all taking we're sojourners on this life and i know there are hard times i know there are difficult seasons i know that there are moments of pain i know that there are moments that you're going to cry yourself to sleep but can i tell you that is not your entire history is not going to be crying every day and every moment of every year of your pointless life that's not it There are moments that God gives us that weeping may endure for a night. But oh, thank God that joy is coming in the morning. Now you're going to have to smile. or I'm going to preach really mean here this morning. Because you're going to have to reflect the tenor of this message. You can't act bored. If you only knew what I had to look at sometimes. I have had to learn though. I realize that the face is not always reflective of what's going on inside of the heart. So it's made it easier. Our Southern preachers, they don't get that. Now I get Northerners. I do understand Northerners, I do understand. Our Southern preachers, I gotta talk them through it sometimes because they don't get it. They don't get enough amens or enough smiles. I know you're good people, but let it reflect now and then on your face. Norwegians, Scandinavians, it's okay. You can smile, it's not illegal. You won't go to jail, you won't go to prison. It's okay, we can enjoy. That's all free. That's all free. So many unhappy people. No joy. No joy. Why are there so many unhappy people? Why are some Christian people so crabby? <laughs> <laughs> Throw that meme up there, would you? Throw that picture up there. Nothing else to say. I mean, how do you? What, what do you say to that? I mean, do you see the contradiction? I mean, the contradiction at, at work. It's like I'm not going to do that whole thing again. I love Jesus, but I look like I drank battery acid for breakfast. I love I I love Jesus, but man, I hate life. I hate you. I hate my coworkers. I hate uh, I hate the government. I hate talk radio. I hate, as a matter of fact, I hate everything about everything but Jesus. I love Jesus, but I hate everything else. (laughs) Why don't you come serve my God? (laughs) Want to come serve my God? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay, this is Solomon directing our lesson here today. If there's one area of the Christian life I have not fully grasped, it is this area right here. One area that I've not fully explored, I don't think fully understood, it is this subject that Solomon brings to us, and it's called joy. You, you may not believe this, I, I do need therapy, I do need therapy, I'm considering, if you have a good counselor, let me know, I, I, I'm considering it. I put it into my yearly goals, joy, <laughs> have fun, <laughs> what kind of weird person has to make a goal to have fun, that's weird, that's just weird, it's okay, you can, you can say amen, it's true, It's laughing. I'm working on it, though, because everything in this life is not heavy. Everything in this life is not hard. Everything in this life doesn't suck eggs. Everything in this life isn't terrible. There are seasons. I know, I know, but I'm. I don't, I don't need to justify this message because you already know. We've covered all those bases enough. Suffering and pain and difficulty. and You're going to have them if you haven't have them. You will. If you're coming out of them, you're 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 going to go back into it at some point. But 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 but. Solomon's trying to say there's this thing. This thing called life under the sun, and he said that 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 you should make his soul to enjoy good. Make his soul to enjoy good. Enjoy, and joy. That's in the Bible. I bet you didn't know that. Like I didn't know enjoyment, that's not in the Bible. I thought thought being a Christian, everything is hard. Everything is is terribly, everything is sacrifice, everything is hard. No, I tell you what, in the Bible he said, Solomon the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ said, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And so we've got to learn how to enjoy life. Now, so here's my lesson, I'm gonna have to really get to it. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize this is what she was gonna have here. Not good. I didn't even know we were going to have like live food. I said, I want a table set up. I don't know if she's going to have actual food. I wanted, what I wanted to do is I wanted fresh bed bread breaking. And I did smell it. Caught a little waft of something. But it, there was a tremendous risk that we took in doing so. Yeah. You're all like checking out. It's like when you have potluck and you got 42 basins in the back that are cooking all this food. You try preaching through that. You try. And everybody's like. Squirrel, squirrel, Die. squirrel! When are we going to be done? So I'm ready to eat. Watch with me. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a scripture. I've got about seven of them, and, and see if you notice a trend. Okay, Ecclesiastes two and twenty-four. If you've got your Bible, follow along with me. I just read that one. There's nothing better for man that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Who brought that to them? God did, the hand of God. Eat and drink, enjoy good in his labor. Who brought that to them? God brought that to them. 3 and 12, Ecclesiastes 3 and 12. I was blown away when I read this over and over again, Ecclesiastes. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Rejoice. And to do good in this life. And also, 13, that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. You know what's the trend? Watch 22. 3.22, wherefore I perceive there's nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Rejoice in his works. Rejoice in his works. Ecclesiastes 5.18, behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and drink. Some of you need justification. There you have it. It's right there in your Bible. To eat and drink and to enjoy... The good of all his labor, that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life. See the same thing, under the sun all the days of his life. He said that he would enjoy the good of all his labor, which God, which God, who gave this to him? Which God giveth him, for it is his portion. 19, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat. If God gave you any kind of uh, fiscal blessings, you have things in your life, God gave that to you. Power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. There we go again. Wow. Watch 8, chapter 8, and verse 15. It's through the whole book. Under the sun. Then I commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which who gives him? Which God gives him under the sun. God gives him that. Nine and seven. Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy. See, that's that's what I was doing. I'm still choking out of here, trying to <sighs> excuse me. Eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God who God now accepteth thy works. So do you, do you see a trend? We Bible students here. Do you see a trend? I saw a trend as I was working through Ecclesiastes. I'm like, there is a consistent trend that are over and over and over again. There are two things that I would personally never, I, would, I wouldn't have like come up with this. Like, okay, these are the two things in life you should concentrate on. These are two important things. These are two things that are sources of wonderful, god bless, God-given joy. Here you go. Are you ready? But as I went through them, there were two primary main points that, that came up over and over again. And I want to preach to this church about that, that, that the Lord brought to us that is a source of enjoyment and pleasure and blessing that come from none other than the hand of God. God gives it to us. So I'm going to preach these two points. All right, you with me? You're going to be if you're not because this is, this is just the kind of preaching that you're going to like. All right, everybody say food. Food. <laughs> Half the congregation slid forward on their purple chairs. Now you're talking, preacher. You're talking food. He said, and if you'll allow me to summarize as a synopsis, he says, enjoy your food. (laughs) They didn't teach you that at ABI. I will guarantee you they didn't teach you that. They don't teach you. I've never heard anybody say this. Solomon's been telling us all along. God's been talking to us. Enjoy your food. Enjoy your meals enjoy your meals I'm hearing a lot of men saying amen amen Amen. Amen. way to a man's heart that's right (laughs) I want to go off that topic a little bit I just don't know that I will but I mean ladies if you're single I mean food Eat good food, the color, the smell, the presentation, the company, the conversation, be a foodie. I didn't say gluttony. I should have put pictures up there. That would have just been more of a distraction. Pictures. If you ever had just a wonderful meal, my, my wife and I, when we vacation, we've actually we we budget, and it's part of our budget. And we vacation um, typically at least one meal out. We budget in there a sizable amount of money, and when we travel, we find great restaurants. How many know what I'm talking about? I want to find like a five-star Italian restaurant. I want to find we eat Mexican food. You know. We eat Mexican food. We love Mexican food. And I want a five-star Mexican restaurant. I'm gonna. We go through reviews. We know we're going to Leadville, Colorado. What do they got in Leadville? And we're going through TripAdvisor. We're looking through. We're trying to find, okay, what's the number one, number two restaurant, number three restaurant? We got money set aside because we have found one of the highlights of our vacations. We sit down at a restaurant at a meal. And I could tell you stories that would curl your socks. We sit at a meal and my wife has very... Basic taste. Is that okay? I mean, is that, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying. I'm, um, so now and then I'll be like, why don't we try like this Swahili, Swahili, you know, African? And she's like, our first date, this is no kidding. Our first date, I asked her, I said, would you like to go out to, would you like to go out to eat? She said, I can eat. I'm like, this girl's cool, she can eat. And when we went out, you know what she ordered? Grilled cheese. I'm like She is real. This is a real person. So we, we, we try, but she's, she's really good about trying stuff. So we did, what was it? Was it Greek? Mediterranean. 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 I'm like, let's do Mediterranean. She's like, and I, know, I know, you know you've been married long enough. You already know. You don't even need to ask the question. You already know. But I know she didn't want to go to Mediterranean. She did not want Mediterranean. But I'm like, you want She's like, okay. <laughs> we can try it. I'm like, you're predispositioning yourself against this meal before you even walk in the door. Now stop it. And she's looking at the meal and she doesn't understand what it's saying. She's like. And so she ordered, it had like this special tea. And when they brought it out, it came out in a cup that was like this big. And she's just so pragmatic. She's like, and they bring out this dish. But I will tell you this. If it tasted horrible, it was the most beautiful work of art you ever saw on a plate. It was plated. It was, and it had colors and it had purples and oranges and greens. And I'm like, that is awesome. We need to frame that thing and hang it on our wall. That's incredible. And she ate it and she didn't like it. But to her credit, I mean, she was wondering. what are you saying? I'm saying food. That's, Solomon is saying like the color, the smell, the, the presentation. But can I say this? The company the conversation, the time that we spend with each other, it's, it's a meal enjoy. and joy. And Solomon is saying, enjoy, eat and drink and, and be merry and enjoy. We have this thing called life and we're trying to build our life on all the big things. Can I tell you, it's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the special things. It's, it's the moments that we spend together that aren't the big things, but they're special moments and they're special times and they can be had around a dinner table. Thus, I present to you my theology of Culver's. <laughs> yea, verily. I'm so in the word of God this morning. I have found personal vindication for Culver's. Yeah. I've found personal justification, celebration. Yay, celebration for Culver's. I will tell you this, OK, and, and we're just we're having fun here this morning, we're in the word. but I'm, I'm, I will tell you this, and this, this is a surprise to me, a surprise to me. I will tell you this: This has become, to me this, and I'm, I'm being real about this. I'm not just being funny to, to me, this has become the highlight of my week. I'm, I'm not kidding you. this is the highlight of my week. When I think about, man, church, wow, we're going to have great Sunday. It's going to be great. And then I think Sunday night is a little more relaxed, whether you know it or not. I just, I got to be on my game Sunday morning. That's just, that's, that's my calling. It's what I got. Okay, right? Sunday night, it's like, it's us. It's, it's family. And we're here and we're worshiping God and we're hearing from the Lord and we're being taught. And, and when service closes, Paul, and there's a buzz of people that are chatting and, and loving each other and ministering to each other. And I'm just like, this, this is, this is, this is, this is a a snapshot of heaven on earth. A Snapshot of heaven on earth. And then I know I get to go to Culver's. I get to go to Culver's when I get, when I go to Culver's, I'm going to get whatever I'm going to get. And it's somewhere in there at the end of that whole thing, somewhere in there, there's going to be a concrete mixer. And it's a tall, it's the biggest one they got because go big or go home. But but it's 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 going to happen there, and there's going to be there's going to be a group that's there. They're at their round table, and I'm 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 a, and these and I'm just like these are my people, man. These are my people. these are my people. And so you know, just by the way, it is an open invitation to Culver's. Anytime, anyone is welcome to Culver's. It is an open invitation. And so there are times on a Sunday night, there may be six, eight of us. There might. The other Sunday, I mean, sometimes we dominate. This is cool, this is two, three Sundays ago. And we just, and they let us take tables and we move tables around. We have just a great big old long table. It's like the last supper, it's the the last supper. And it's this, and, and, and you know what? And there's a reason, it resonates in my spirit because it's biblical, it's biblical. Because God said, you know what, I've given you a gift and it's called the enjoyment of food and fellowship. Oh, God, I, I mean, man, I can preach baptism in Jesus' name upside down, round and round. I can preach the oneness of God, and I love it. I've never preached this, and it's, it's good to know I'm in the Bible because I'm happy about preaching this because this, this works. It, it For me personally, has become the anticipated highlight of my week. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm fed in so many ways, physically, spiritually relationally emotionally it's awesome can we lift our hands to God and say thank God that he's given us food thank you Lord thank you for fellowship thank you God thank you Jesus for friends and the family of God and thank you for all these things Jesus I thank you for it it's a blessing that comes from God and Solomon says under the Sun you have got to have some joy and you've got to learn how to enjoy life Enjoy life, yes, do all the things you have to do, but at the end of the day, God gave us the, the enjoyment. Nehemiah eight and nine, I don't have time to preach this like I want to, but Nehemiah 8: and nine. Nehemiah, which is the tershatha, and Ezra the scribe, the priest, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God." Notice what he says, More not. Stop your crying, folks. nor weep. There's not, this, this isn't there's a time for weeping, remember. But there's, it's not every day, all the time. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. He said, stop, okay, stop. You ever had somebody like in the middle, there's massive intercession going on in the church. People, somebody just stand up and say, quit it, people, stop it. So it's not time for that. It's not time to lay on the floor and groan and moan. There's a time for that, but now's not the time. He said, then he said unto them, watch, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet. Porterhouse, ribeye, T-bone. Eat the fat and drink the sweet. How many times do we, need to, do we need to say that? Eat the fat, drink the sweet. Come on, come on, stop living. Your, your, your tears are only going to last so long. There comes a time that you've got to stop crying. There comes a time you've got to stop mourning. There, there is a time that you've got to stop mourning. There's a time that you've got to exit your depression. Come on, folks. There comes a time with the help of God that you leave the despair of your life and you leave the depression that has bound and hemmed you in. There comes a time that you exit out of a season of weeping and you you leave a season. You say I've been in this so long. You can be in the season so long that it, you 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 grow the creature comforts of, of depression and despair and and you can get so used to depression and despair that it becomes your best friend. And you pull the shades down and turn the lights out and take your comforter out and curl up in a ball. And a fetal position and are just ready to die, and you can live in that place and you can grow comfortable in that place. But what God says is there's a time that you got to put weeping away, there comes a time that you got to eat the fat and drink the sweet. There comes a time because at some point in time it's gonna drain you so deep, it's gonna get into the marrow of your bone, it's gonna get so deep if you stay depressed. Oh, there comes a time that it will take everything that you have if you don't let go of it. And you know what? There comes a point that it also does not bring you strength. Am I in the Bible? I'll, it's what he said. Eat fat, drink sweet, sweet. send portions for them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is. Is your eat the fat, drink the sweet. Solomon and joy under this life. God's given you this, this, this window of time. He's given you this space, this beautiful time that this thing called life that, that I really, I can't, I'm giving somebody permission today. You've been in sorrow for so long. You've been beaten down for so much of your life. I'm giving someone permission today that you can have joy in your life. You can have enjoyment in your life, that it is something that God can bless you with. I'm not saying unicorns and rainbows. I'm not saying every day is going to be that. I'm not talking Pollyannish, but at the same time, can somebody balance this thing out a little bit and say that it doesn't have to be a depression my whole entire life, uh, that there are good things that can come from the hand of God to me. There are things that will come to the hand of, from the hand of God to me that will bring blessing into my life and that I can have joy in my life. Great things happen at the dinner table. I'll tell you this, we've said for years that you can build a family around a dinner table. We got kids are coming and going we got life responsibilities we got all kinds of stuff that's happening i'm, I'm going to counsel this church you make this a priority in your life you say man my kids got this and i got this and i'm running here and i'm running there i'll tell you what this is one thing at, at the very minimal if you can make this a centerpiece of your family you you give 30 to 60 minutes of every day i'm telling you in the busyness of life you can build a family around a dinner table The conversations that can be had right here while you're enjoying food and fellowship with one another. The things that happen right here in this place. You can build a family around a dinner table because Solomon said there's something about enjoying this wonderful, beautiful blessing that God has given to us that is called food and fellowship. In fact, in fact, when you look back over your life and you look back in the rear view mirror in your life and you begin to reminisce in your life, you know what, it's, it's the things that you're going to remember in your life. I'm just going to tell you, they're not the big things. Most of the, the, the predominant memories in your life, they're not going to be the big things. You know what they're going to be? They're going to be the little things through life that happened. I miss Tim Dopp I just I just I miss him I just I miss him what what he brought to this church as a person I missed him I, I missed him miss you know you know the things that we're gonna remember it's not the big things it's gonna be where's Mariah at? she's got the baby of course it's gonna be Tim calling Mariah as a little girl bowhead hey bowhead hey bowhead Hey, don't forget what I told you. It's not, it's not the big things. It's all, oh, we got to build big memories. Parents, release yourself from the guilt of thinking you got to spend tens of thousands of dollars to make your kids happy. You don't. It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the memories around a dinner table. It's the funny moments. It's, it's Caleb sitting there as a little boy when an evangelist is there and he knocks over his cup and the, and the milk spills everywhere. And I say, Caleb, what are you doing? And I, in the only time in my entire life I think it's ever happened, I'm getting after him for knocking his cup over and, I'm, and I reach over and I knock my cup over. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> there is a God, <laughs> vindication. It's, it's the little things. It's, it's, it's the little memories. It's Caleb walking into my office, my old office in the old building, and I got a printer set up there. And he looks at this little cord, and he's like, huh, I wonder what this is. And plugs it into my printer, and my printer, like a whirl of smoke comes out of it. And just, pshh. It's not the, it's the, you know what I'm saying? It's, you catch what, it, that's, that's what he's talking about. The food, the little, the culvers, the. I mean, when this thing wraps up, what we're going to remember is, is our, series, our life is a series of little memories and the stories that you share. And at any funeral, most of the things that you hear talked about, it was a little story. It wasn't the big things. I think of 20, 26 years in Grand Rapids that we spent and, and what a joy that it's been. When I think about this journey of ministry and I think about, well, I tell you the things that I, the kind of things that I remember, but I got a kind of sick, sick mentality, but I, I, I think about preaching Paul with my zipper down. That was embarrassing. I, I think about, you know, in an in, 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 uh, uh, in illustration where I'm talking about authority and I'm using a, a big water hose and I got people kinking the hose and I, I pull the hose out and I pull the trigger and I shoot a blast of water to Becky on the second row and it sprays her entire face and her hair is just dripping water. It's the little things. That's what life is made of. Under the sun, that, that, that's it. You, you, you capture these moments called life. It's, it's enjoying those moments. And while we're, we're striving and we're reaching for the future and, and we have all these big plans, okay, gentlemen and ladies, all these big plans in life and all these big things we want to do. And do you realize that while you're reaching for those things, uh, life is happening right now. Life is happening right here. Memories are being made that you'll look back on. And the sweetest moments of your life are going to be the simple things. The joy of a meal. The joy of time spent together. Oh, eating out together and the little things in life. We thank God for that. We thank God for that. And allow me to just make a pause here, and, and I'm, I'm going to make a suggestion to this congregation to, to continue and amplify something that's already happening, and that is spend time with one another. Go out to eat with one another. Have people over your house. Eat food. Go out to eat together. The church that I came to God in, I, I, and I look back, and I don't know how they did it, but it was like every service, people went out to eat with each other. Like, I don't know how you afford that. We moved here, and I was like, yeah, we can't afford none of that. But... Do that, make memories. My memories as a young person was going out to eat after youth service and connecting with young people going to the park and spending time together. It's those things that you will remember. And that's exactly what Solomon's talking about. Under the sun, it's the little moments. Somebody said amen. Amen. Now watch, I'm gonna take this a little different direction because there's two main points. Ecclesiastes 2.24, there's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good can you can you read this with me? In his labor. No, pastor, you're not going there. You're not Are, are you going there? Ecclesiastes 3:13 Every I'm like like we like your eating and drinking thing, but Every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. 313, 322, wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works. Oh no, you're not going there. I'm going there, 518. Behold that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and enjoy the good of all his... First number 19, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and have given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his... This is the gift of God. Now, this is Solomon. I didn't make this up. Enjoy your food. Are you ready? Point number two. Enjoy your work. Enjoy. Oh, if I had time, and I will more further develop this idea and thought in the future, but there is a theology of work. I go, Pastor, I don't come to church to hear that. There's a theology of work. There's a theology, a biblical viewpoint of work. It's not the finish line, folks. It's the journey. It's not the acquiring. Oh, I, I work, and so I can get money, so that I can acquire. It's not. It's not. It's, it's the journey of acquisition. It's your rewarding work. We need to develop in the Christian life a theology of work, a theology of career. You don't hear this. this. just this is never talked about. we talked about prayer, we talk about which we should. Fasting, we talk about doctrine, theology of, of the identity of God and salvation, all absolutely essential. We have to. But you know what, I, I don't ever hear preachers talking about or us talking about the saints of God, talking about a career. What, is, what does that have to do with anything? Can I tell you something? It's not just something that you and I ha- should put up with or endure our entire life? I'm just enduring this. I'm just, this this work, I'm just enduring it. I don't, I'm just gonna put up with this. Can I tell you this? I believe that God wants to help you to be a blessing and to succeed in your work. We're gonna have to work on this. We're gonna have to work on this out of the scripture. We're gonna have to work on this a little bit, but Solomon said it, I didn't. He said it, he said, enjoy, enjoy the good of all your labor, rejoice in his labor. Do you know that when immigrants move to America, when they moved from a foreign country, many of them had to take on new names. Like my name, like Lichtel, it didn't start like that. It was like von Lichtenstein, which they say, von means from in German, Lichtenstein is a country, so they say, I don't know, my family was just confused. So they think maybe the last name came from somebody who's confused about where did you come from, von Lichtenstein, from Lichtenstein, shortened to Lichtel, I don't know, I don't know. But when people would come from, from other countries and, and they would establish themselves in America, do, have you ever wondered how they chose their last names, many of them? You know, many of them chose their last names, their career. A blacksmith named John became John Smith. John Smith. He was a blacksmith. Somebody that, that, that was a baker, you know, that, that baked bread, Guess what their last name was? (laughs) Baker. Hi, my name's Fred Baker. Would you like a roll? Baker, right? That was that was their their name was their career. A man who made his living grinding flour from grain, he took the name. Guess Miller. Miller, the man that that ground flour and from grain, his name was Miller. The person that carried goods from town to town. In a cart. Guess what his last name was? Carter. That's where where he got his last name. A cooper was someone who made wooden barrels, vats or casks. An occupation commonly commonly became the name they were referred to by their neighbors and friends. Okay, my name's Tim Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. What was he? A bowman. He was an archer hence the last name Bowman. Someone who was in charge of a hunting park, his last name was Parker. You, you, you see, where, see where I'm going? A minister or a priest was called an abbot, A-B-B-O-T-T. And now we have abbots, because that's what they were, an abbot. I've, I've got uh, my niece is married to some, someone who works with stone. What do you call someone that works with stone? mason ben mason mason and all of a sudden so so what's your point my point is that your identity was defined by your work i get it i'm i'm already feeling you you're like my identity is defined by jesus christ amen it is it is but can i say in part that part of our identity will be defined by what we do in life. So let me, let me move quickly here. So let me make some points here. Hating to work is a mistake. Somebody said amen. amen. Hating to work. I hate work. I hate work. I don't want to go to work. I don't, I, I, I. Okay. Second Thessalonians 3.10. For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. No worky, no foodie. Signed, God. Say, Pastor, are you gonna address the welfare system? Don't have time, not interested. But it is problematic. You know why America's got a shortage of workers right now? Because they don't want to work. They don't want to work. And guess what? Government give you money. You disincentivize work. Adah! I can sit around and just send me the checks, send me the PPP, send me the checks. Send me the, and I, and I get it. There are people running hard times and, and there's a place, there's safety nets. I understand that, it should be there. Church should ultimately be, able to be, be there for that as well. I understand that, I understand that. But listen, it, it, you, you take away and set them to work, you create a, a bunch of bums that are dependent upon somebody else. And God said that, I didn't say that. He said, if you don't work, you ought not to eat. God said that, you don't work, you don't eat. Well, why, did, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> the punishment you don't eat that's harsh Watch what Paul says though you don't you don't work you don't eat for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly working not at all but our busy bodies you know why because if I don't work I'm gonna be doing something and it's probably gonna be trouble probably gonna be trouble I'm probably gonna get into trouble I got nothing to do. I got nothing to occupy my mental headspace. I got nothing to to outlet creativity. I got nothing to 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 wear me out a little bit. Then I'm gonna use all this energy in all the wrong ways and all the wrong places. And God said, guess what? I'm gonna give you this wonderful benefit and blessing. It's a four-letter word spelled W-O-R-K. God said, I'm giving that to you. That is a gift. Work is a gift. Now, Paul, the apostle, this is what he said. Now, them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus is telling me to tell you this, that with quietness, they work. Shut your mouth. Stop being a a gossip. Stop running around because you got all you got is time on your hands and you're texting everybody, calling everybody, shooting your mouth off, talking about everything. Shut up. That's what he's saying. In case you're wondering, shut up and get to work. That they, with quietness, they work and they eat their bread. Isn't that a gift from God? That's what he said. That's what he said. Okay, so hating to work is a mistake. Number two, hating your work is counterproductive. Well, I'm here, I guess. I'm a Christian, too. Can I make those faces again? I show up for work, like... Like I hate everybody. Oh, man, we had a great church service yesterday. Great church yesterday. How about not just doing the work? How about enjoying the work? And I, I realize, let's work on this subject. Okay, let's work on this for a little. Do you realize that almost half of your waking hours will be spent in your work? I want you to think about that. So you want to be miserable half your life? I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate everybody. I hate it. I hate my work. Listen, your work produces fruit, and that fruit will feed you. Thank God. Thank God. When I work as an outlet, that that work feeds me. That work puts food on the table. That work brings in this thing called moolah. You want to know the Hebrew shekels? I'll give me some shekels. Come in, Them shekels are going to help pay the creditor, and the, the shekel's going to give me a house, and the shekel's going to help me to put food on my table, and the and 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 you know what? Because my my work produces that. My work produces. Watch if somebody does a good job. I mean, we, we heard Ches talk about it last. Week. I thought it was cool how he said it. He's like my my prayer booth, his <laughs> paint booth, right? Said prayer booth. My and he's like my paint jobs are the best. That's a sense of accomplishment. When, when, you, when you work and you say, yeah, this is my work. My name's Cooper. I make barrels. See my barrel? Right? It's a sense of accomplishment. Let me tell you what else work does. Somebody say amen. Are you with me here? Amen. Your work develops you. Your work develops you. Amen. You say, Pastor, you, you probably came out of the womb like preaching, didn't you? <laughs> I've worked warehouse work. I was a grocery store cashier. Uh, I made pizzas. I was Mr. Pizza delivery guy. I did. I delivered newspapers at two o'clock in the morning. I've done sprinkler maintenance. Been out there in the summer in my long jeans. People look at me like, "What's your problem?" In my long jeans, uh, out there working on sprinklers in the mud. Been a commercial flat roofer. I was. I waited tables. I waited tables for years. Uh, I was a salesman at Metro Forklift in the Twin Cities. Uh, all these kind of jobs. Because listen, all of those things. I thank God I waited tables because you know some of the skills that I, I use in life now I learned from waiting tables. You know some sales results. Salesman. Salesman. Well, you you go cold call. You give that a try see what you think it'll develop aspects of your life because that's what work does for us uh, our work develops us it makes us better it brings things out of us right JP it brings skills out of you you didn't even know you had you're signing up for new classes and I'm learning new things and I'm explaining my potential and my mind is growing and the outlet of my giftings are growing and I am becoming something because listen God saved you the way you are but he's not going to keep you where you are. He's going to develop you. He's going to grow you. He's going to make you. You're going to become something in this life. You're not going to stay what you were. And you know what? Part of that is going to be your work. It's going to bring things out of you. Yes. Tell you something else about your work. We come to church. We're like, okay, give me that organ. Let's reach our world evangelism yeah let's reach our work. you know what your work is your mission field yeah, right. yeah. I know sometimes we don't make the association of connection but your work is your, is your, is your mission field right. this is, this is the, the people that we're going to reach through our work yeah. Patrick brother yeah. he's like am I in trouble no it's your mission field Corey Your mission field, your mission field, is a coworker. You drive truck, he drive truck. You love Jesus. Now guess what? He's loving Jesus. You a truck driver? Your mission field, you reached another truck driver. We're not just just getting through the week and just now, can, can we talk about this for a little bit? I, I know this is more teaching than throwdown preaching, but we're not guaranteed that we're going to love our job every minute. In fact, you may have a job that you don't like for a long time. We aren't promised vocational bliss. Think Joseph. Joseph. Right? I'm so glad I'm in prison. It's awesome. Potiphar's palace and the witchy owner's wife. Seductive little nasty thing that she is. Huh? Think he enjoyed every single day? But as you work well before your God, you set yourself up for the blessing of God. And the favor of man. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Doing jobs you don't like. You think God's going to give you the golden boy job when you can't do the little job? He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. You qualify yourself for the good job by doing the junky jobs well with a smile on your face. Oh, I hate my job. Well, that sounds kind of counterproductive. <laughs> Sorry for the sarcasm. How's it working? I hate my job. Let's interview Joseph. Let's just interview Joseph. So Joseph, how was it? Say you were sold into slavery. How'd that go? <laughs> Do you like it? Were you gleeful? Was it wonderful? No, you work hard Are you ready? Work harder than everyone else. You serve Jesus. Mm. Work harder than everyone else. You serve Jesus. Some of y'all are asleep this morning. You need to wake up. I feel a long, hot, dry one coming on. Oh, yeah. Work harder than everyone. You serve Jesus. All right, my next point, have a better attitude than everyone, you serve Jesus. Have a better attitude than everyone, you serve Jesus. Don't you go to work complaining and whining and crying and and looking like you're all miserable. You serve Jesus, at least we thought you did. Have a better attitude than everyone else. How about this one, do more than you're asked. You serve Jesus. You serve Jesus, do more than you're asked. How about this, honor your boss, honor your employer. Honor your fellow employees. You serve Jesus. I hate to hear Christian people run down their job. It's it's, it's almost like it just gets in my spine. It's like like a cold, icy drip of water that hits your spine. You're just like, I don't like to hear Christian people run down their job. I don't like to hear them run down the company they work for. I don't like to hear them run down their boss. You know why? It makes me scared. I wonder how they talk about their church. How do they talk about their pastor when he isn't around? I hope you say that. (laughs) Honor your boss. Honor your employer. Honor your employees. You serve Jesus. Show up on our game. Act like a Christian. Do the work well. Look, and look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. How he always rose to the top. Always rose. Do you think that was accidental? Look at him. His attitude, his work ethic, his wisdom, his goodness catapulted him forward. you You can't keep a good man down. You can't keep a good man down. I'll tell you what else. You can't keep a bad man up. My God, I feel like preaching here this morning. Remember, you work for God, right? You don't work for your boss. You work for God. You work for your boss, too, but you work for God. Furthermore, he's watching. Isn't that a joy? He's saying that Psalm saying that's a joy. Colossians 3.22, Servants obey, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. We're not brown nosers, not as men pleasers. We want everybody, oh, I had a boy. He's a good boy, good boy. No, in singleness of heart fearing God and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. I thank God in this church. We have wonderful men and women, great workers uh, that that honor God. I think of Denny. I thought, Denny, I I didn't do this. You're probably glad I didn't. I was going to call your boss. I was going to, I really was going to, I ran out of time. I was going to call your boss. I was going to interview Denny's boss. I was going to interview him because I think the guy would, I think he'd do it. I think he'd do it. I think he'd he'd do the interview. And I'd let him tell you what he thinks about Denny. But I already know what he thinks about Denny. You know why? Because he's a good man that loves his God. And guess what? It shows up in his work. And it shows up in his relationships. And it shows up in his connections. And you think, Denny is over tons of guys You know why? Because like Joseph, God says, okay, I see right attitude, work, I see all those attributes. Boom. boom. And now we got a guy that's that's a Daniel to his business. He's a Daniel to his business because God has elevated him because he realized this thing called work, it does matter. How I live my life. Work is not just something to get over. It's not just something to get over. Oh, that God would help us somehow or another to embrace our vocational calling in life. Our vocational calling. Our vocational calling. You know why? Because the reality is you're going to spend <laughs> a huge part of your life. Your waking hours are going to be spent working. At least if you work 40 hours a week, if you work a full time job, that's 2000 hours a year. In 50 years, that's 100,000 hours of your life. 100,000 hours. And, and many of you work much more than that. We're talking thousands of hours spent, and do I, do I wanna waste that time? No, I'm gonna say thank God. And, and, and could it be the Lord could give me joy in my vocational calling somehow or another? Joy in my vocational calling, this is, this is what I do. So I'm gonna square my shoulders and enjoy my work. I've gotta introduce you to my puppy. His name is Scout. We got a picture? Here's my puppy. Ah, he's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. That's my boy. Listen, I got a grandson and I got a hunting dog. Bro, hunting dog. His name is Scout. He can move that picture. I don't want to look at it anymore. (laughs) Put the picture of the dog up there. His name is Lookout Scout. In fact, according to the AKC papers, he is Lichtel's Lookout Scout. And you know why I named him that? Because he is going to be perched. Don't be jealous, Trevor. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, bro. I've been telling him for years. We go duck hunt, I'd say, Trevor, you getting a dog? I got the boat, man. You get the dog. But I'll leave him alone on that. So so (laughs) his wife ain't saying nothing there either. (laughs) So but but I see, you know, there's gonna be a day. Look out, you know why I call him lookout scout? Because I can see it. He's gonna be perched on the edge of my boat with his eyes to the skies. And I'm gonna be, and they're gonna make this big wide circle. I'm gonna, to... and they're gonna, to... and those wings are gonna set, and he's gonna be for something. I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna shoot a triple. <laughs> three shots, three birds. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. They're gonna drop in the water, and lookout scout that's been watching. He's gonna dive into the water. He's gonna swim. He's gonna and the really tough the cripples, the ones that, that are getting away. He's my dog. He's 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 gonna be. He's gonna get the the birds that I would have lost because he's he's my lookout scout. Can I tell you when four thirty in the morning rolls around and I get up, he's not gonna be in his kennel and look up with those, Oh, where's the picture? Come on, look at these eyes. Look at these, come on, put the picture up, hurry up, hurry up, come on, come on. Look at those eyes. You think he's gonna look at me out of his kennel? No, leave me alone. He's gonna be, we're going hunting. We are going hunting. It's hunting time. My name's Lookout Scout. I'm Lookout Scout. We're going to get us some birds today. And you better shoot them. You better shoot every one of them. Because you know when you, if, if you're not a good shot and you go boom, boom, boom and nothing falls, you know what the dog does? He goes. <laughs> prepared and ready. So we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. We're going to pattern that shotgun. We're going to do a lot of shooting. We're not going to disappoint this guy. Listen, this guy doesn't, he's not going to wake up and go, oh, I got to go to work today. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I, if there's one thing I want to be is real. I'm not saying every day you get up and it's like, oh, yay, yay. I get it. But does every day have to be like, oh, I got to go to work. I got to. And I I do believe this. I also believe this. I don't, especially when you're young, you can't always have the job of your dreams when you're young. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You can't have the job of your dreams. You can't have the job that your dad worked 30 years of his life to get to and achieve. You're not going to get that. It doesn't work like that. You can't, you can't have everything your parents obtained in 30, 40 years of life in two years. The devil is a liar. You, it's not how it works. But you know what? I believe that if, if, if you have the qualities and you work and, and you've got the right attitude and you do, you know what? Listen, God's good enough to place you in the right place. He's good enough to put within your heart giftings and creativity and abilities and dreams. And if you work hard, I believe that there's a God that can bless you and put you into a place that's going to be the right place uh, that you don't have to wake up every single day of your life hating your life and hating your job and job and. So Solomon is trying to tell us uh, that we can enjoy our labor. We can enjoy our labor. Amen. Stand together with me. Thank you for listening this morning. I got a message that I will preach at some point. And uh, the title of that message, the title of that message will be Monday Morning Atheist. You know why? Why? Because I can go to church and I can huck a buck for Jesus and I can feel Holy Ghost and I can love on God and I can all that, and then I can I can wake up Monday morning as if there is no God. And well, I got six days I got to put up with life, and then um, I'm I'm gonna, you know, then I'll go to church and, and, and have joy in my life. No, no, we're not Monday morning atheists, right? We believe that on Monday, we've been commissioned by God to work for the Lord and do God's work in our life, and we're going to eat food, and we're going to enjoy our food. We're going to enjoy our work. We're going to pray that God gives us a vocational calling that we can be a witness for him on. Somebody say amen. Come on. Come on. Somebody say amen. You have two things. You have two things to this. One side of this is responsibility. You get it? Work is a responsibility. And the other side is reward. We have responsibility and we have reward. And God will re- reward us in this thing called life. Brother Foster told me something years ago that I've stuck with. I thought about taping of the pulpit. And he told me, uh, I think it was our dedication or something. He said, enjoy the crowd. I've never, I just never, I never thought about. He's like, enjoy the crowd. You ever see Brother Foster preach? Does it look like he hates his job? I don't think so. No. You enjoy. Enjoy. What do you say? Let's enjoy this day. Let's enjoy our time with God. Let's enjoy. Let's enjoy our fellowship. Let's enjoy our food. What do you say? Let's enjoy our work. Let's enjoy our work. Let's put our hand to something that really matters. What do you say we do that today in Jesus' name?